in a way, like a lot of female empowerment. I mean, in some ways, in a very bad way, <laughs> but it's still an interesting, like, hopefully you don't go around killing your husband who cheated on you. Um, let karma take care of that. Uh, <laughs> Something that you wouldn't normally think of in female empowerment mm-hmm. is like killing males, um, but it kind of bleeds into... <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident fantasy expert, Sierra Marshall. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, especially this one, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come back to this episode later. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. And at the beginning of each month, I will outline the books we will be reviewing. So whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Red Wine Reads. How are you Thanks this for fine day? Me. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. So this week we read The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. It was a wild ride. I'm so interested to see what you thought of the book. Yeah, I, I <laughs> did really actually enjoy it. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. So this... Uh, some quick facts about this book. Uh, it was published in 2021, so fairly new novel. Uh, book of the Month picked it uh, for one of their monthly picks in 2021, and it actually was a finalist for one of the Book of the Year for Book of the Month. It received 3.8 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it was an instant New York Times bestseller. It debuted at number 7 uh, on the hardcover fiction list, which is pretty dang good. And it in the works as a drama series over at Fox so I picked up the rights there so so interesting we'll get into it but I think it might work better as a tv show than it did as a book for me I I think I would agree (laughs) yeah just a few fun facts about Sarah Penner she so this book um Lost Apothecary was only her second ever novel manuscript that she's ever written So she wrote a manuscript, and it never got picked up by anyone, and then she wrote this one. She wrote The Lost Apothecary, and that's, so, like, this is her second thing that she's ever written. Um, She started writing, yeah, seriously in 2015, and so she's, like, a fairly new writer, and so it must be nice to just start writing and then get your stuff picked up. (laughs) Instant success. (laughs) <laughs> or nearly instant I guess nearly instant success yeah she was like some people it took them you know five to six years to break into this industry and it took me one book and I'm like great yeah <laughs> we love it <laughs> we love it <laughs> so we have our five main characters in this book there are probably some more that I miss so feel free to hop in here whenever I miss one this story kind of parallels with two storylines so you have present day and then you have um 1791 so you have these uh, parallel storylines going on in this story and you're kind of hopping back and forth uh, between different characters within each chapter 
So uh, we have Nella, who owns the apothecary uh, in 1791. She took over after her mother passed away, and she vows to never hurt women, so she only gives out, if she's giving out poisons, she only gives it out to kill men, so ayo. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have Eliza, who's the young girl who comes in um, for her, she's like a lady's maid, comes in to grab some poison to help kill um her lady her lady's husband um and then she ends up being so interested in this line of work that she decides that she wants to become nella's apprentice and so she's just this young sprite girl who wants to learn more about you know the apothecary business which is super fun and then you have lady clarence who comes in and she's kind of the one who challenges nella to because she wants to kill her husband's mistress and so now nella's you know fighting with this internal battle that she doesn't want to she vowed that she never would hurt women like another woman yet you know lady clarence is threatening to expose her as this um you know selling poison to kill men which would put you know put her head on the shopping block so to say so she has to battle that and then you have caroline who's in the present day and so she uh you know just caught her husband cheating and she kind of goes on this trip to England that they were supposed to take with each other, and she's like, fuck it, I'm going by myself. (laughs) Good girl. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, her chance to heal. She finds this lost little apothecary bottle, and then she kind of goes on this hunt to try to figure out where it came from. And then you have Gaynor, who is the historian uh, working at the local library to kind of help Caroline discover where this bottle is from. Those are the five that I picked out. Um, yeah. And I know that there's Caroline's husband as well. Husband? Yeah, husband. she does come into play a little bit later, but less yeah. important. <laughs> less important. <laughs> <laughs> I did find a summary that I thought was pretty good. So I'm going to read uh, it was off of Amazon. Um this Amazon reviewer and I read it and I was like that would be much better than I could ever do so (laughs) (laughs) so I'm stealing it from her so it's a cold night in February of 1791 and in an unmarked back alley in London Nella sits awaiting her customer Nella is in an apothecary as her mother was before her women came from all around for her healing potions and salves taking care of women um, Nella is a carrying the tradition in another way Women come for her, come to her for poisons that will release them from the men who have done them wrong. Of course, there are a few rules. The poison must never be used to harm another woman. In the, victim, in the names of the victim, poison, and the killer are to be recorded in a register. When her next customer shows up, Nella is shocked that it is a 12-year-old girl named Eliza whose employer wishes to engage Nella's services to relieve herself of her husband. Little does Nella know that this meeting will alter both their lives, as well as the life of present-day historian Caroline, who is spending her anniversary alone after her husband had an affair. Uh, When she finds a mysterious vial with a bear on it, Caroline's research instincts kick in, and she's determined to find out everything she can about the apothecary shop, Nella and Eliza. Women had very few options in this London, so one had to put up with whatever situation uh, they found themselves in as far as philandering spouses or abusive ones and this is a great look at the lengths women will go to seek revenge i have a lot of thoughts but let's start off with (laughs) let's start off with the things we liked about this book 
Okay. Um, I, I, it was very surprising to me later on in the book. Um, so, I mean, that kind of plays into one of the things I didn't like is that it was very slow starting off. So, I mean, kind of had to get a little bit over halfway through to really start, in my opinion, to like really pick up and get like to the point where I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? But once it did pick up, I was continuously surprised and I was really, I really enjoyed it. And then I also like, of course, you know, just in a way, like a lot of female empowerment, I mean, in some ways, in a very bad way, (laughs) but it's still an interesting, like, Hopefully you don't go around killing your husband who cheated on you. Um, let karma take care of that. Uh, but, um, you know, I really liked that at least Nella had that kind of set rule for herself that she wouldn't do harm to another woman. Um, as we see later on in the book, uh, she doesn't have a lot of say in that because one of her customers decides to hold that against her. I really enjoyed that kind of aspect of it, and I liked the whole mentoring of the young girl and kind of hoping in the hopes that Eliza wouldn't face the same kind of fate that Nella did Mm -hmm. or the same burdens on her heart Mm -hmm. no I totally get that and I think I really enjoyed um like you said kind of that female empowerment in the way of Something that you wouldn't normally think of a female empowerment mm-hmm. is like killing males. Um, but it kind of bleeds into <laughs> <laughs> bleeds into one of my pairings for this uh, episode with um, I wanted to compare it to hustlers. So it's like oh. almost as yeah, almost as if you know you have these you have this group of women that are technically like taking back you know their right to be like. I, you know, you can't treat me like that. And so I'm going to go to the other extreme. (laughs) You can't treat me like that. So I'm going to end your life. Right. Um, Which I kind of, I love that premise. I think that's so fun. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that like for fiction, for fantasy, of course, like it's always interesting to read and you're like, what is the motivation of these characters? And, you know, how can that play into the human experience and how, how often like some people can seek revenge but I mean of course from a dramatic perspective but I think like if you look back like this kind of thing happened back then it's not like unheard of that someone poisons their spouse or something like that yeah yeah no it's so fascinating and I really like I mean this premise of this book is just fascinating in general just yeah having this you know kind of secret apothecary which is like it's almost so real that you're like that could have happened right like it it could have been there (laughs) and so it's yeah I just think that that whole section was just so fascinating like it's it's so close to the truth but that's like that's what makes really good fiction really good is if it's like I would agree almost there right you know the author Uh, did a lot of research and yeah it kind of helps yeah, when I was researching the author too, it she is like a frequent traveler um, to Europe and into England, and you can really tell like it really comes through. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, okay, <laughs> I I, can, I have to get into kind of some of the stuff I don't like. So yeah, I did really like the characters. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I really liked the characters, but then I really didn't like the characters. So yeah. I think. I think I liked Caroline 
because I was like, okay, she's, you know, going through this healing process. She's kind of doing her thing. Mm -hmm. And she really wants to learn more about this apothecary and she's doing like everything in her power to do that and that she kind of like stood her ground when her husband came back and like tried to beg for her forgiveness I appreciated that what I didn't understand was when they first got married and then she went back to the farm Mm -hmm. and she's like oh I packed up all my books and like I just forgot about that life but I'm like if you're working as like just a desk hand at a farm like wouldn't you have time to just like keep reading keep researching kind of keep that fire burning Mm -hmm. I feel like she almost just kind of like gave up and like that version of Caroline just drove me crazy I was like I found it really hard to root for her when I was kind of like well I guess like even one could say like it drove her crazy like yeah she didn't even realize it you know like as she began to explore on her own she found that life that she I guess was like aware that she had forgotten or left mm-hmm. but I think if you slowly like let things go and you're just like giving up your power little by little by little by little like you won't find once you find that like it'll spark back and you're like oh my gosh I slowly like can like lost myself mm-hmm. like I slowly just became everything that I thought a married woman in this case should be or how my life should be according to how my husband and I want to live my life instead of like your own personal desires Mm -hmm. which are really important to keep in mind when you are in a relationship and Mm -hmm. I think that goes to show like it's nice to see that it kind of like makes that point in the book that you can't lose that part of yourself Mm -hmm. if you're going to be in a relationship and I think she found out that she would only have to give up that stuff in Mm -hmm. the end. And so she was like, it's, I'd rather never lose this again. Okay. I get that. (laughs) Yeah, It's just like, I mean, in my opinion, it's just like the driving force for her to continue on to this journey and to continue to look because she's realized she's found that fire in her again. That's Mm -hmm. like, I can't imagine not doing this. Yeah. Like, and it's also like a welcome distraction for her when her life seems to be in shambles. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that the beginning was slow. I did kind of feel that, but I also mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the beginning as well. Like I really enjoyed getting to know these characters because I mm-hmm. think for me my biggest issue was I got super lost in the storylines as the book went on. I think I faced the same issue I was facing with these violent delights with I was getting kind of Mm -hmm. sucked into one storyline and then thrown into another storyline and then right and I guess I just Mm -hmm. need to stop picking up books like that because I think that's my (laughs) 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 I don't I'm finding that I keep having that same issue with books like this but Mm -hmm. which is probably a me problem now that I'm now that I'm reflecting on this Um, (laughs) not an author problem it's my it's a me problem but that's okay I felt very, especially toward the end, I felt like it got very convoluted. And I was kind of like, mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, at one point Eliza's jumping off the bridge. At one point I thought Nella was jumping off the bridge. And then, yeah. and, and then Nella's kind of going crazy and then she sees Eliza and then I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but did you ever get like lost in these storylines or is that, was, was that uh, just me? For these, I didn't. I think there was a part uh, at the end where Eliza came out of the house and like Nella was sitting there and I thought she was a ghost I was like 
this woman's dying. <laughs> she's seeing Eliza and she's dead. Like, she's dying because she was very sick at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just was like, oh, she's going. She's dead. And this is, like, Eliza's, like, ghost or, like, an angel or something, like, leading her off into the afterworld or something like that. <laughs> and so, like, then I was really happy for the next chapter with Caroline where she, like, is reading through, like, the account on Eliza. And it kind of, like, reassured me, like, she was not, in fact, dead. <laughs> she lived. And um, she's well. And it was yeah. not a ghost. And she even went as far as to help. I'm I'm guessing Nella is for is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'm like, is she dead? And she's like, Yes, like she helped me or yeah. that is the only unclear part for me because I'm not sure if Nella was actually dead or if <laughs> I'm assuming though from what she said in the article that she still is in close contact with Nella. So yeah. I'm gonna assume she's alive. But yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. You're asking the wrong girl here. I'm talking about her ghost. Yeah. <laughs> As she said, she like talks, she believes in ghosts and she's seen ghosts. So I was like, maybe, but oh, I think true. she's alive. Yeah. Um, that was the most confusing part for me. I just like, uh, for me, like the beginning was very frustrating. Uh, I guess not like the exact beginning, but as soon as her, Caroline's husband yeah. came back I began to get extremely frustrated that she even let him stay in her apartment and I, or in her hotel room, sorry. And I know that like, you have to work these things out as a married couple, but I'm also like, she deserved to just be left alone, like not talking to this man. And then he goes as far as to manipulate her and poison himself. And I was just like, I'm done. I hate him so much. He's canceled. I hate him. I I thought that whole scene was, like, absolutely absurd. I thought, and, like, I can't tell if it's in a good way or a bad way, but I was like, what idiot would go out of well, his way to drink, o- like, oil? Like Right. Well, you think, like, that, but I know of people who are like that manipulative to the point where like they have to stay in this relationship and to me that's what it felt like that is quite abusive and absurd yeah for someone to do to get them to stay in a relationship that they clearly neither of them want to be in (laughs) or not really yeah if you cheat on your wife like you clearly don't really want to be in this relationship and I don't think she necessarily wanted to be in this relationship either because she lost a big part of herself that I think she didn't even realize was making her life miserable. Mm-hmm. So when he did that, I was just baffled. <laughs> I get what you're saying there. I think it it, wor- it, it works out, I guess. I just thought, yeah. I was like, <laughs> ah, God, I just can't imagine who in their right mind would do that. Um, but... No yeah. one in their right mind. That's the thing. That's true. That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like this was this was my big thing going back to the storylines, but it's a good and a bad thing. So mm-hmm. it's a like and a not like. I yeah. I liked each storyline separately, mm-hmm. like a lot. I liked both storylines a lot. I did not like them together. Mm-hmm. I I didn't I didn't like the parallel nature of these two storylines 
because I think, I don't know, I just like, I couldn't connect them very well in my brain. Mm -hmm. And again, that could be a me problem that I can't do these multiple storyline type books. But I feel like both would make really good individual novels. Like I would read Mm -hmm. each individual novel and think that was really good. But for me, I just felt like I wasn't getting enough of each story. Like I felt like, I felt like I wanted more of Caroline's backstory that led her up to this point. I wanted more mm-hmm. of her, like, with her, with her, well, I guess ex-husband now, but with her husband right. in this, in England. Like, I wanted more of them interacting with each other, more of them talking to each other about what happened. I wanted, like, more of that. Right. And I wanted more of Nella and Eliza together. I think, like, they make such a good pair. I would love to mm-hmm. see, like just more of them together. So I just, I, I find, I found myself at the end of this book just really wanting more, which right. is a good well, thing. I, I, you know. Yeah, I would agree. Cause like, even when they kind of explained what had happened to Eliza and she had like the magic bookshop, I was almost hoping since she was alive that she would be and I know, like, this is kind of her own form of healing, her own form of being an apothecary, but I was kind of hoping that Nella would take her under her wing and go back to the way that things had been with her mother, and she would only use things to heal people rather than to harm anyone, regardless of how she had been betrayed in the past. Because I think in finding Eliza... Not to say that it, like, fulfilled that daughter that she had always wanted. But I think, in a way, sent like, she was sent to Nella when she really needed something like that in her life. Like, a daughter-like presence. Someone to mentor. Someone to carry the torch and continue on the way that she did after her mother passed away. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would have liked to see. And maybe that's kind of what happened with her magic bookshop. But also, as like Nella said, like magic, she doesn't really believe in magic. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like magic elixir kind of deal. And I kind of am like the same way. <laughs> so I was kind of like, is she doing all these things? And it's kind of like for not like there's they don't really matter. I hope she's, like, actually practicing healing apothecary, like, practices. I also wanted more of that relationship between Eliza and that boy. Mm-hmm. I want to know what yeah. happened there. I know they ended up together, but, yeah. like... <laughs> but how? I'd like to know how, how she can, like, fly under the radar. Yeah. Like, I know they didn't really get a good look at her face. And they're like, she was just shrouded in black. They didn't know what she looked like, really. But I feel like that constable guy with, like, the scarred face mm-hmm. would have known. And I'm sure he's just walking around patrolling, like, that area. So, I don't know. But again, like, I'm like, is this a, is this a sign of a, of a really good novel that we want more? <laughs> right. <laughs> and or that so we're now- even asking these questions. Yeah. That we care enough about these characters to be like, what happened to them? <laughs> right. <laughs> I do think, like, Caroline's story kind of wrapped up. I don't know. I I just think, I don't know. I, I had a lot of issues I liked with Caroline. How it wrapped up. I liked how it wrapped up, but I was so mad 
when she tossed the apothecary bottle into yes. the river. And one of the reasons I am so mad about it is because, like, I know it was her healing journey, but, like, from a research perspective, like, if, <laughs> like, writing an article about this or, like, doing a research dissertation or something like that, I am just, like, angry <laughs> that she threw that away, even without, like, taking a picture of it. Yeah. And I don't like that they didn't go into, like, maybe she got some, like, paperwork from you know, that government that she could, like, go into that place and, like, reveal all of these secrets that had been left in London for such a long time. Like, she wrote this whole dissertation paper, and I'm hoping, like, what had happened is she did something like that and brought these things to light because it is a historical part of... And if she really, truly, like, cares about the history of this, um, I would love to have seen them, you know, kind of talk about how after all this had happened, she wrote her dissertation paper, which was in the end, like kind of giving us a little bit of it, right? But they yeah. also didn't give us, like, did she end up revealing what she had found in there? Or even like gone to like the city and said, mm -hmm. look, this might still be existing. Wink, wink, we already know it does. But <laughs> she could have just been like, we found these old maps. We found this like historical site for an apothecary there's a very good chance it could be in this place. And then her be, like, completely right. Oh, yeah. she already knew it was there. But that's kind of one thing that bothered me. And, you know, having that vial, like, that is what started your journey. Wouldn't you want that? Either to, like, have it as a picture or to even <laughs> so much as to, like, just have a picture to stick on your, stick on your paper and be like, this is what started the whole journey in the first place. I love the book, though. I thought it was great. <laughs> we can get into final ratings because I don't really have much to say. My only other point is that I feel like there was a big missed opportunity with um, him taking the oil. He should have just taken what was in the vial. What would have happened? Oh, yeah. The blue substance. I thought that was what he got sick from. And I was like, that would have been. I almost did for a second, too. But I thought, like, when I read it, I was like, oh, the vial's empty. Is what I thought because it was just like a blue vial. But then once he finally was getting sick, I was like, did he, was the vial empty at all? Oh, was did it a blue? Did he take something that was in the vial? Yeah, the, the vial itself was blue. Oh, I thought it had like blue in it, like a blue substance. No, I think it was just blue. It was a blue vial. Because like if you, if, like in the story, like Eliza drinks the whole thing okay. and then jumps. Oh, and that was the, oh. Mm -hmm, that was the vial she found. We're okay. opening doors. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> now you get the connections drawn. Now um, I can't now first... I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but later on in the in the story, I would like before I knew that Eliza had drank the whole bottle, I was like, did someone just throw the poison in the river and that was just it? And then her husband came and like mistook this vial for like eucalyptus but then I remembered I was like she literally said like he smelt like eucalyptus I can't believe the dummy I just I like <laughs> drinking an oil <laughs> I can't like, like I do know there are some essential oils you can put in a little pill capsule and take but like to have ingested that knowing full well 
it could cause seizures. And he's like, I might be on my deathbed. I might die. But losing her is so much worse. And you don't even care about her enough to not cheat on her. I was like, this man, just about manipulation and only manipulation. Because even, oh, this is what got me too. Even when they were like sitting down and eating their supper or whatever, when they went to go get like Italian Mm -hmm. food or something like that. And he started saying things like, well, this wasn't only my fault. And mind you, like, when there are marital problems, like, yes, it isn't only your fault. But it is your fault that you went and cheated on your wife instead of talking to her about your issues. Mm-hmm. And and he just started trying to pile the blame onto her during this conversation. And I was just like, oh. Like, as I was reading it, I was audibly making noises. I was like, No. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. What? I was like, what did he just say? And then when I found out, like, when she was like, "Did you poison yourself?" And I was just like, "No, he did not. No, he did not." He's a big dummy. He's a big, a very dummy. big dummy for someone who's so smart and makes a lot of money. Well, and that's, like, I mean, like, not to say that, like, that's kind of some of the, like, driving forces in this book, but it definitely is, is, like, it's pointing out that it kind of doesn't matter what time you come from, men be betraying. And I'm not, obviously, not every single guy, obviously, but, um, like, Nella's boyfriend, whatever his name was. Lover. Frederick. I was, yes, I was sick to my stomach when I heard, like, when I found out, like, he had poisoned her with her own, like, the own, her own, like, medicines from her apothecary and, and then just left her high and dry. His, or his wife was never his sister and came and I felt like once she kind of started going in, he was like, it was his sister. I was like, was it his sister? (laughs) Was it his sister? Was it? (laughs) And then, of uh, course, like, Eliza trusting this man who she worked for mm-hmm. and him God. betraying that trust when she was feeling ill and, like, trying to abuse her, you know? Yeah. And even so much as, like, the day she served him the eggs that poisoned him, like, dragging his hands up her legs. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, you're eating dinner with your – or you're eating breakfast, sorry, with your wife right there. And you're doing that, and that was just kind of something that was to somewhat be expected. Not necessarily expected, but, like, even if it happened, like, women weren't going to say anything about it. You know, it's just like you turn a blind eye, and you're like, well, yeah. everyone does Especially it. then, because what choice did you have? Yeah. You couldn't divorce your husband, and even if you were allowed to divorce your husband, like, it was frowned upon. You would have and... no way to support yourself. You'd be... Exactly. So... And I think that's the whole point of the apothecary, you know, being made in the first place is to help women so they're not in such vulnerable situations. Let's end there. Let's go right into our um, final ratings because I cannot have said that any better. So okay. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go first. I, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Um, okay. I said I didn't, I, I didn't love it. Um, I felt like, again, it was all over the place. I felt like I couldn't nail down 
the plots. And again, I'm pretty sure that's a me problem, but <laughs> but we're just going to keep going with it. That was a big issue. And I also think my biggest issue with the two plot lines was I felt very connected to each of them very individually, but I just didn't like them together. Mm-hmm. And I think I wish that each one of them was its own separate novel and had more character development and had more backstories and had more of that. Um, right. And so I think that part was really missing for me. And so I wasn't connected super well to the characters as the book went on. I, I, I enjoyed them, but I didn't feel like I had any like emotional attachment to them. So right. I think just that void I felt after I finished the book, I think that's why I have to rate it so low. My rating, I think, would be around like a 3.2, 3.5. I mean, I kind of agree with like the average of what was on Goodreads. Mm. Like they, like I said, like I didn't have strong feelings against it. I didn't have strong feelings for it. It was an enjoyable read, but it's not like anything that personally I would rave about. Mm. I will say, like you said, it turning into a TV show or a movie or something like that. I think mm-hmm. it would do extremely well because yeah. you do. It's kind of easier sometimes to parallel storylines in TV shows. I think then even to parallel storylines within a book. Yes. Just because that visual aspect of it all very much helps. And just, I don't know, there's something with like cinematography that you can just really encapsulate parallel storylines much better. So I think I will, I'm very excited to see that when it does come out. Me too. Yeah, I think too, it's like, you, you have the person's name in the book and then sometimes you flip into the next timeline and then you're like, wait, where's this person? And then you're like, oh, wait, uh-huh. no, she's in the other one. And then I think right. when you have someone physically there, you're like, oh, yeah, she, mm-hmm. you know, she belongs in that timeline because right. she looks mm-hmm. like she does. <laughs> so let's get into our pairings because okay. we like to end the show with a segment called Pairings where we, Sierra and I will pick out our favorite TV shows, movies, yeah. and other books. That might pair well with today's book. So I actually have one of each this time. Came prepared. (laughs) Um, Do you want me to go first or do you want to go? Yeah, sure. You can go first. Okay. So my movie, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is Hustlers. Mm -hmm. Because it's, yes, Hustlers is about a group of strippers that um, take money and drug men and take all their money. Uh, so a little mm-hmm. bit different, um, but <laughs> but the same kind of, you know, deep thread running through these is, you know, these women that are typically seen as in a place of um, kind of vulnerability and kind of submissive to the males that they are servicing. They kind of mm-hmm. take back that power and are able to kind of exploit them in a way that right. they can kind of get what they want from them in kind of a violent manner um yeah but it's kind of taking that extreme kind of taking back the power taking back the power to the extreme and so I think those both kind of follow that same storyline mm-hmm. the book that I picked was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue because it kind of does the same um deal where you're bouncing back and forth uh between mm-hmm. different timelines different storylines um Addie LaRue you know is um, kind of made a deal with the devil she can't die and so she right. has lived all these years and she's had um, great loves in different yeah. parts of her very very long life so that mm-hmm. that similar you know kind of timeline looking back at yes. the past that type of deal 
um, kind of compares to this also with the fantasy aspect as well, the time mm-hmm. traveling uh, that also pairs well. And then this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm still going to say it. Um, the flight attendant was the TV show I picked okay. uh, because you're kind of left right at the beginning wondering what the heck happened. There's a dead man in this mm-hmm. woman's bed. And that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt in when reading this book. You kind of start off and, you know, you have this woman crying in her hotel room. You have this 12-year-old girl going to kill this man with using, like, poison eggs. And you're kind of like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> and with the flight attendant, too, it's kind of this woman taking back her power from this man and this other woman who drugged her um, and trying to, like, take advantage of her. So that, again, kind of power shift is another theme that you see in the flight attendant as well for my book i would say outlander i don't know if i've like suggested this book before but outlander because there are a lot of scenes um with claire who is the main character she like travels back in time um but she is a doctor in this life or a nurse and um she kind of does that same like healing and they kind of think of her like somewhat as a witch, but <laughs> this is a different time, of course. Um, and it just kind of very much gives me that same like the herbal kind of thing going on, but also like the dueling storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, like it has her in her life in like the 1940s, I think, and then also her life when she is like shifted back to like 1700 Scotland, maybe later. 1600s I don't know something like that um Scotland so I think like very interesting also I would say um Age of Adeline for my movie um in a very similar way with the shifting dueling storylines it is still her life of course because it's very similar to the like life of Addie LaRue that one Mm -hmm. um where she just like doesn't age Mm -hmm. um and you know there's like her life when she was younger and her life now and how like those are just kind of playing back and forth with each other. Um, and then I think my last one, I think they're making it into a TV show now, but it was a movie, um, would be the time traveler's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be another good one with the shifting storylines. And it is kind of more like on the confusing side, <laughs> like the book, if you're like kind of having trouble with like keeping up back and forth and you're kind of like where is this going where are we going with this and i i would say those good you nailed it uh by the way outlander 1700 <laughs> scotland so okay nice i was like <laughs> cool it's <laughs> <laughs> like well, i'm pretty sure because it's like during the jacobite rebellion and i'm like i'm trying to remember <laughs> you're like digging in the depths for your history lessons <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sierra. This was so fun. I feel like it gets more fun every single episode we do. (laughs) I'd agree. (laughs) Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you want more book-related content, then you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that is at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. Lastly, that is RW Reads Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Stay tuned for our Small Sips episode where we do a 10-minute deep dive on any book-related topic. This week is a very, very, very special week because 
it is our July preview. In this episode, I will be previewing the books we will be reviewing in July, and you really don't want to miss it. And keep an eye out for our socials as we will be putting out that July book list on there as well. And next Tuesday, Abby and I will be discussing the book A History of Wild Places. It is such a crazy book with a crazy story, and you really won't want to miss it. It's such a great conversation. So until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thanks all.